Welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. It's been a minute in the free feed, but if you don't know already, this is your host, John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Darren Smith and Jimmy Marion. Guys, we are getting so close to kicking that football off, and, I mean, it is it is inching away as camp starts soon, but but how exciting is it, guys? You know, we 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 spend the off season, you know, looking forward to it, and here it is, man. It's just just a couple weeks away. It's in our grasps. The anticipation um, to see what we look like under this staff, and I, I I'm just excited for this new chapter in Blazer history football. Blazer football history that was so backwards. <laughs> hey, let let's be real. It's been a boring last couple of months you know basketball season and we had some fun we launched the patreon and then things have really slowed down the last couple of weeks so i'm just excited for really what's the best time of the year when we get everything cranked up we're going to start football season football leads into basketball season it's going to be sports 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 blazer uh stuff going on all the time so i'm, I'm certainly excited jimmy we had some big recruits man that's right hey they're killing it right now so y'all, if you're listening to this feed, you follow recruiting, you see on social media, the work that the staff is doing. So, uh, they haven't picked up any three or four star recruits today. I mean, come on now, but the last couple of weeks they have made some pretty big splashes on the recruiting trail. That's like a perfect segue for John right there. You lobbed it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the blazer victory podcast, Patreon Guys, we are at 70 patrons. Can you believe it? We are at 70 patrons now, and it's continued to grow. Um, you know, this is just $5 a month, guys, but we talk recruiting. We talk, you know, we've got interviews coming up. We've got so much great stuff planned for the Blazer Victory podcast Patreon. It is a great way to help support Blaze, us at Blazer Victory. And don't wait because, fall, hey, fall camp's starting up. So, you know, we're going to help, you know, hopefully get some great interviews on the feed for you for the patreon in fact going forward almost all interviews will be on our patreon platform so go to blaze go to patreon.com slash blazer and guys guess what we are now able to offer an annual patreon membership to to new and existing you know for, for our existing 70 patrons if you want to say hey i want to convert over to being a yearly patreon and get that 10% off discount. Yes, if you become an annual Patreon supporter of the Blazer Victory Podcast, you will get a 10% off discount. Current members can go ahead and take advantage of that. But also, hey, our goal right now is to get to 100 patrons. So football season is about to kick off in a few weeks. Camp's coming up. Great time to join the Blazer Victory Podcast Patreon. That gives you access to exclusive episodes each month on that feed and it's just a great time to join so again we you can still keep your monthly membership if you're currently on the patreon feed uh, patreon supporter but if you would like to kind of save some money and get a 10 percent off you can jump over to the yearly membership and i did send out instructions that you should have got in your email your patreon email to help you sign up for that but guys we have so many exciting you know things planned on that patreon feed so if you are not subscribed definitely go ahead and go to patreon.com slash blazer pod click join as an annual member and take advantage of that discount right now and help support blazer victory 
Hey, John, you know what I'm going to do with my 10% discount? What's that? I'm going to get Darian Azur's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Should we just go ahead and jump into that? We can, but it's all y'all. Um, <laughs> we might want to save it. We might want to do some serious stuff. First. Yeah, let's save it. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll save that for the end of the show. So, as as many Blazer fans are tuning in right now, um, 2023 American Athletic Conference Media Days has wrapped up. It wrapped up on Tuesday. We are recording this Wednesday night. Um, and the media poll came out, guys. And, you know, we talked right when it happened. UAB was picked eighth in the media poll. So, that's eight out of 14 teams. Now, UAB did receive a first-place vote. So that's good. Um, I think we all know who that first place vote was. Uh, but, I mean, like I texted y'all, like in the group text, eight isn't that bad. Like, you know, all things considered. I mean, what what were, Darren, what, what was your initial thoughts when you saw that UAB was picked eighth in the preseason media poll? I mean, I can, I can understand it, honestly, because we have a, a new, a completely new staff in, um, we lost Dylan Hopkins, you know, we lost Debo. We lost uh, lost a lot of lot of our main guys. Let's just put it. We lost our top receiving target, running target, and passing option. So with the new coach and new staff, I get it. But, you know, if you do a deeper dive, it's a lot of teams with, you know, with a considerable amount of turnover. So the teams that I look at ahead of us, Memphis, I don't know, admittedly, I don't know much what's going on with Florida Atlantic. But, I mean, this past year when they beat us, I don't – they wasn't too impressive. They beat us, but they weren't too impressive. I think that's a game that we should have won, but that's that's another topic for another day. Um, East Carolina, a lot of, a lot of movement going on there. Um. I mean, North Texas, I don't know why they – I really don't know why North Texas was ranked ahead of us, to be honest. I, so, at the minimum, I think we should be seven. I respect North Texas, you know. Um, they've had good – they've been recruiting well. But I think we easily could be three. Yeah. But at the same token, you know, Tulsa could finish ahead of us. Um, Charlotte, you know, this feisty Biff, you know could do something. South Florida may uh, look good. They have a new coach. Uh, you know, Rice, is, Rice is, has been taking us to town each year. So we could we could easily finish 11th or so, as I could see. But I, I, I see us finishing anywhere from three or four, because uh, SMU, if I'm not mistaken, they're replacing Tanner Mordecai. Um, so, yeah. Anywhere from three to eleven is possible. And Jimmy, I want to know your thoughts. But I, actually, let me just run down real quick for you know a lot, a lot of folks listen to us while they're they're driving. So let me just run down the uh, AAC uh, preseason media poll. Number one, Tulane, they had twenty first place votes. Number two, UTSA. Number three, SMU. Four, Memphis. Five, FAU. Six, East Carolina. Seven, North Texas. 8 UAB, 9 Navy, 10 Temple, 11 Tulsa, 12 Rice, 13 South Florida, and 14 Charlotte. 
Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we talked about it, uh, you know, in our text thread. I think it's certainly fair. Uh, if I were to rank us now, I'd look at potentially putting us at that seven mark. You know, it certainly makes sense to me why media would be looking at the other six teams in front of us in the rankings. But uh, so overarching thought is that I think it's completely fair. An interesting tidbit that I wanted to share that you guys might have heard on the media day is that uh, guess who was picked to finish seventh last year in the preseason rankings? That would be Tulane, who won the conference and who defeated <laughs> USC in the Cotton Bowl. So that's just to give you an idea uh, of what is possible, you know. So again, Tulane being picked seventh, win the conference, having a huge win in the conference bowl. So UAB, despite being put in that eighth position, still can certainly have high hopes to finish a lot higher than that. And and to just add a little bit to it, um, I think our ceiling will be raised a lot if we have some freshmen that can come in and provide a nice spark off the off the bench and can rotate in for us and maybe even start here and there. That's one thing I feel like that UAB never really have. We have uh, guys that had red shirt for a year or two, but I feel like it's different under under Trent. We have some talented freshmen. Um, so if we got some guys that we didn't bust on in recruiting, if you go back and look at some of those classes that we have had recently, we had some guys that just never panned out. Really, they just they just didn't. But if we have the majority of those guys are really able to contribute, I think that our ceiling will be a lot more higher this year. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've shared a little of my thoughts on Twitter, but I mean, I, I, I don't hate UAB being picked at eight. Um, yes, I do think, you know, they are a little higher than that. But But honestly, guys, when you look at, Let's just say four through eight, you know, again, Memphis, FAU, East Carolina, North Texas, UAB. Honestly, like, I think those are kind of interchangeable, you know, heading into this year. Like, I, I, either either one of those teams would not surprise me if they make it to the top. Now, now, obviously, your top three, Tulane, well, really your top two, Tulane and UTSA, that was not a shock at all to see Tulane number one and UTSA two. And then SMU three, like, I was not shocked at all. What, what I was shocked at was kind of Navy at nine. You know, that kind of surprised me. Um, with, with You know, they're bringing in a new coach. They promoted uh, within after Nia Matalolo left uh, or was fired. They promoted their defensive coordinator to the head coach. And, you know, all the concerns with triple option now with cut blocking being basically ruled out in the NCAA rulebook. Like, where does Navy go from there? You know, they've really struggled the last couple of um, years and then a new head coach. So that, I, that really surprised me picking them at nine. Um, but, but like I said, UAB at eight, you know, I, I don't think it's disrespectful. Um, just, just in the fact that I think fourth through eight are interchangeable. Um, and I think one of our listeners, Mike Rowe brought up on Twitter, you know, was North Texas ranked high. And I mean, you can certainly make an argument that they were ranked too high at seven above UAB. You know, they've got a new head coach, Eric Morris coming in. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the media preseason media poll really doesn't mean anything. It just it's great for you know people like us because it gives <laughs> something to talk about uh, heading into the season. Um, but Hey, I don't hate UAB at eight. Um, guys, any other thoughts on the media poll as a whole before we 
start breaking down what happened in media days? Not really. Uh, I'm just happy to see uh, that we get Memphis, who's ranked at four and got one first place vote in FAU at five. We get both of them at protective. So, yeah, we got to play Tulane and UTSA. Correct me if I'm wrong, both on the road. But I like I liked our opportunities that we're going to be able to see against Memphis in that battle for the bones. And then also against FAU to prove uh, something against them at home, hopefully this year. And uh, on the record, I think both of those will be dubs. Let's go. Ooh, let's go, baby. Hey, Darian with the heat. Pee-wee with the <laughs> yeah. heat. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, well, you know Memphis has got to be upset because breaking news, we're recording this Wednesday night, but Brett McMurphy tweeting that uh, Colorado set to join the Big 12 in 2024, moving from the Pac-12. So, you know, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of Memphis fans were hoping to, to get a spot in the Big 12, but, you know, I got to think Colorado ain't going to be the only team jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. So that might have just kind of shut the door on Memphis as of now. And I'm not hating that at all. All right. So let's move into what happened in AAC Media Days. So we'll start out. And this has nothing to do with UAB. But, guys, we got to talk about Charlotte's head coach, Biff Pogge. Um, you know, shout out to Hunter Bailey, uh, who covers Charlotte, um, you know, put the quote on Twitter and then I, I went and watched it. And then Jimmy sent me the freaking video it was on ESPN. Uh, <laughs> but this is a uh, Biff Pogi uh, at the at new Charlotte head coach uh, after questioning. Quote, that's it. Three questions. Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. We get that message. Thank you. Slams podium. Woo. <laughs> hey, hey, shout out Hunter. Hey, I'm so sorry, man. I, I don't know how it is covering Biff Pogey, but <laughs> you better uh better uh just get used to it. Um uh, but man, I I love it though. Like you you know, I don't know what what were you guys reaction when you when you saw that? Jimmy, you want to go? Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand like what that fine line is between passionate and just angry. Yeah. Like what I I just don't know, Biff. Why are you so mad? Like I just want to talk to Biff. Like you just seem so angry. Like everything's cool, man. You got your Division One head coaching job. Charlotte's a great city. I mean, you got nothing but challenges ahead of you. Why are you so mad? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, cause I I listen to only really Biff and Trent will talk about in detail here. You can just sense the, the passion with Trent, but with yeah. Biff, he just seems angry. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but I'm just like, man, calm down. You ain't even lost a game yet. Yeah, well, I think it's yeah. it's because Biff had the he had the call out of the the Charlotte donors. That's it. I was gonna bring and, that up. Yep. And then he had the little spat with the with the uh was it Akron or something like that? I can't. Some coach, some assistant oh, coach. From, App, App State. It was from App, App State. State. Yeah. Some some little back and forth there, and so then you have this. I'm, Honestly, it's kind of like I, I love passion. I'm a passionate guy, but then it becomes kind of gimmicky after a while. Like, all right, bro. Like, we get it. You're you're fired up. Okay. Oh, you go win some games, then. Like, if you're gonna talk, you know, put something behind it. You're doing all your talking in the beginning. I've seen a lot of dudes talk, talk before they fight, and they get knocked out. I was gonna say like on Friday, you you got knocked out, but um. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't. I just don't want to see that happen. So sometimes, you know, don't run your mouth too quick. Right. Just you know, do a little talking here and there, and then let people know that it's in good faith. That you, you know, it's just competition. It's just passion. But he coming off like he finna win the AAC, and it's getting kind of gimmicky to me. I love, John, I love passion, but just don't be gimmicky. John, let me let me ask you. I mean, what is a respectful respectable number of questions? for this type of media situation is it five i mean if you're an experienced media person you know kind of kind of like trent was you know you you really give really you know detailed answers and biff was just kind of giving short answers and i mean he really wasn't reading the room or as far as i could see so i think three questions was fine with him because i don't know what else you could ask um but really you know three to four maybe five um you know, they give you, what, 15 minutes or something like that. So I, I think that's good. I mean, three is not disrespectful. Um, again, Man, I just... ain't nobody trying to hear about Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <man. laughs> yeah, well, we we don't play... Or UAB doesn't play Charlotte this year, so... Shout out to Charlotte, man. My bad. Uh, they, nobody from Charlotte's listening, so you <laughs> and nobody from Rice is listening either. So thank God we're oh, Rice is here. Rice, Rice um, is just chilling, catching the stray. Like, what <laughs> oh, what's his name? What's the coach's name? Oh, oh my gosh, Bloomgren. He's up there just oh, talking about yeah. being the bu- beating the bully again. Probably I didn't even listen to his speech. Yeah. So I don't know, but guys, just in, before we get to Trent, of course we're gonna get to Trent, but. You you look at the just the AAC Media Day production. I felt the production was so much better than what we've gotten in the past with uh, Conference USA. I and you know I, I've known or I've watched Mike Oresco the last few years, dude. I, I I think he gets it, and he is already so much better than Judy McLeod. Like in the last couple of years, did we ever see Judy McLeod up there talking for thirty minutes and answering questions during Media Day? Like at all? I, I don't no. think we did. I mean, I mean, she, I know she was <laughs> riding around in her Jeep, but I mean, she mm. wasn't answering questions. But, but like, the AAC feel is just a lot more professional, at least you know, compared to what we were used to in Conference USA. And and I got to shout out Jared Kalmus, um, who does a great job for Alamo Audible. I mean, he tweeted out that, and I think he got this from the Roost too. So shout out to the Roost as well. But with the ESPN Plus broadcast in football, ESPN actually sends a production truck to the stadium to make sure that the broadcast is well. Like Conference USA, hell, they just had the camera up there. I mean, there was nothing like <sighs> like it was so bad. So I, I know it's early on, but I did just want to shout out Mike Resco and AAC. I thought the whole media, I, I, well, I hadn't listened, watched the whole media day, but I watched a couple of the four hours, and I thought it was great. A uh, phenomenal camera job. They had uh, commentators discussing every team. Um, but I, I just really thought the production was really well um, with the AAC, yeah. especially compared to Conference USA. And I think compared to Judy and Conference USA, it's like you can kind of feel that Mike has a vision. Yes. Um, He has a pathway that he... He really wants the the AAC to go down, especially just kind of positioning themselves as a uh, a group of five team. That's he really is trying to find a way to me, and I love it. It's like he's trying to break that mold. He's not satisfied with just being uh, a little brother to P five. 
no, he he's not interested in that. And that's how I think. And I'm not sure what what Judy thought, to be honest. I don't I know. I don't know. But I can I can feel the passion. To me, that's passion coming from Mike Oresco. So shout out to Mike in the AAC. It's it's good to be out of the shackles of CUSA. Right. And and let's just go ahead and jump into uh, Trent Dilfer, or I don't know if you guys want to talk about Jacob Zeno or Jackson Bratton. Uh, those are the two guys that they took uh, with Dilfer to media days. Um, Jimmy, I'm, I'm going to let you start. Uh, what what did you, uh, from Trent's speech at the podium, what, what did you get out of that? Well, I just want to say that, first and foremost, there's not a lot of direct football content. We're not going to talk. We didn't get, we didn't come away from this interview and like, oh, this is, philosophically what we're going to see X's and O's wise, or we don't have any recruiting content. We're not going to talk about specific players, but you know, for me, my takeaways is just, again, we talked about, you know, we were poking fun a little bit at Biff a moment ago and just talking about, is this dude angry? But when I was listening to Trent, you know, and I'm biased, I'm a UAB fan. Like I can just really sense that passion that he has. And, you know, especially that passion that's coming out, when he's talking about the current state of college football, right? Football's um, hard, man. It's hard. Football is hard. That's right. Coaches coach. Football is hard. Uh, but you know, one thing I'll say, uh, and again, this is more about Trent as a leader than anything else that I really took away from like his speech was that I just appreciate the optimistic lens in which he views college football and not just college football, but life in general. Uh, it's honestly why I think that some people find so much fun and and find it so easy like to poke fun or to poke fun at Trent you know because when everybody else around him you know as, as Trent say as Trent says is uh whining or complaining or has a problem with you know the NIL or the transfer report or whatever he's zagging you know he's he's zagging he's like he's turning anything that somebody would say negatively about him obviously somebody asked a really good question you know, about his unconditional um, or unconventional path to becoming a division one head coach. And he just really spins everything, you know, instead of saying, you know, somebody might say, oh, he doesn't have any experience. Well, somebody that's optimistic and that can spin things in the way that Trent does is like, well, listen, this is advantageous for me because I only know this way, you know, so he talked about freedom and not needing the job. Like, I just like the way that he views everything so positively and i think that's really needed to continue like to engage with these young men that are playing college football at this university this underdog mentality like he's just got a lot of you know personal factors uh that make him a quality leader and those are things i think about because he said it himself he doesn't know if the formula in which uh he's establishing here at uab is going to be successful or not but the position he holds as leader of this locker room of this staff and this team is I can just see these traits in which these intangible traits that I think are going to help him uh, be successful at UAB, hopefully. So at the end of the day, you know, he's obviously going to be graded on wins and losses, right? Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, you touched on the main thing is perspective and so much of life is about your perspective and how you're looking at it. Um, I just watched a movie on Netflix that 
you know, in the beginning of the show, it shows the same thing. It shows it. Um, it shows at the end. But now you have proper context and the, and the perspective is so it's so much different. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know that's what it meant. I didn't know that's what they were showing us there for. Now I get it. And I feel like when I it's funny, I just looked at that movie and just heard you say what you just said. It, it made me think of that. Um, the way that Trent uses his perspective, the way he looks at things, like you said, is everybody looked at look at it as such a negative. It's a negative. It's a negative. He always finds that that perspective. It's like he it's like some water that's just looking for a crack to get through. He's just like, ah, there there it is right there. This is what I'm gonna focus on right here. This is why this is a good thing, you know. Um, and you know he talked about that with uh, the NIL situation and his unique position because he doesn't he he doesn't need that next big check and how he's not afraid to to talk out and he has the media connection so he's gonna tackle the the NIL poaching from G5 teams. He's tackling that head on. He's meeting, um, was that the NIL president? Some kind of, who was that? If y'all can help me out that he's meeting with. They said his, they said that guy's title, John, in the on three article. I don't know if it was director. I forgot exactly what the title is, but yeah, he was supposed to be meeting said, uh, leader of like the NIL efforts today, Darian in Birmingham, the 26th. Derek Cole's associate director of NIL. Right. So, and that's just a personal fight that um that Trent and, and one that I totally wholeheartedly agree with. Right. Um about the about NIL and poaching from G5 teams and he wants to get that rectified. He wants a lifetime ban on whoever is doing it. Mm-hmm. And and which that might be very brutal, but at least It'll put the fear of the Lord into them, and they'll be like, "No, I ain't gonna do that," <laughs> you know. And I think that's important. That's very important. So, shout out to Trent. You know, he's the guy that's always gonna make make nothing into something. He and I and, and as a coach, you need that, especially at a place like UAB. Um, it's all about building and connecting with fans and with players and with other coaches around you. If you can find find that perspective, and if you can get your team to focus on that, I think you'll do. His mission is to kind of bring these guys from boys into men, help raise them from boys into men. And um, he, I, I just respect him as he can come off as like <laughs> sometimes as corny dad, but <laughs> but I I really really respect that you know as Darian. a guy as a corny dad myself with three children and one on the way. I, I heard I heard Trent in an interview today uh, use the phrase "underwear Olympics." <laughs> what? what is that? What does I, that I, even mean? I'll have to I'll have to share it with you. But he said "underwear Olympics." I don't even know what that means. I, I'm I'll have to ask him about that because I I, have, a, I haven't seen that. That sounds like something we're talking about in the on the Patreon only. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey Trent, can you give us five minutes and tell us what underwear Olympics are and break break down in detail? <laughs> we we, we got to get Trent's kids on one day. That's who we have to get on. I just I just want to know what is he seems like like a guy that's gonna give a speech. <laughs> about if the dishes isn't done. Hey, he's no. firing, man. He's firing. Yeah. Man. <laughs> not but not in the Biff hoagie way. No. And and I'm not taking a shot at Biff, but it's a it's a different types of passion. Yeah, and uh last thing on Trent too, just kind of expound what you guys uh talked about earlier is uh, you know, he he answered a question uh, is 
you know, his, his previous experience, does this kind of raise uh, expectations or are expectations going to be uh, kind of viewed in a different light, in a different way because he's Trent Dilfer? And, you know, he, he kind of said, hey, I, he doesn't care at all what people say about him or what's written about him. He's, you know, been in the game of football and in this spotlight for a long time. You know, he went on to say, like, he's been booed out of stadiums. He's he's been fired. He's been let go. He he's he's been deemed one of the worst quarterbacks ever to win the Super Bowl. So hey, he he doesn't care. And as as Jimmy said earlier, you know he said that you know he doesn't need this job, but he's he wants this job and he wants UAB to to elevate this UAB football program. Now, guys, we are doing some hell of a segues. Let's segue into this next topic. How does UAB football program become great? So, Darian, I, I want you we're, we're not going to get super detailed because we're already, what, 25 minutes in and we said we weren't going to go over 30, but we probably are now. Um, but, Darian, I, I just want you to start and just kind of paint with broad strokes, because we also want some feedback from our listeners because our listeners are great. Hey, as, as we mentioned, we already got 70 patrons, supporters of the BVP. Uh, we know a lot of people listen to the show, the free show, too. So we want to hear your thoughts. But, Darian. Let you start us off. How does the UAB football program become great? Yeah, John, like, you know, like Jimmy, Jimmy says sometimes, like he gets up sometimes or he or better yet, like when he goes to sleep, some of the things that keep him up at night, you just randomly. It's like, hmm, what can we do to take that next step? Because you know what, man, I get kind of jealous when I see UCF and, and I see Cincinnati and I see Tulane. I Even UTSA. 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 How where they come from, man? Where they had how they jump us like that? Like they they jumped us. Let's let's admit it. As of right now in this moment, you know, Houston, Memphis, they've all had those moments. You know, and it seemed like we just kind of cling to we beat LSU. We been we beat Nick Saban. Okay, like when 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 was that? I don't I wasn't around for that, John. Were you? I don't think so. You know, I, I remember watching it on ESPN Plus on TV as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. as a kid, Jimmy, do you have any recollect any recollection of that? UAB LSU. Yes. Nah, no. Exactly, and we are all passionate. I used to play here. We're all passionate, passionate of fans that as you can find. You know, so it's like. We want to have continuous moments. We want to have new moments. We want to have consistency. We want to have building block moments. Um, I want to feel coming into Blazerland, coming into Birmingham, at least the downtown area. I want to feel like, oh, man, we're entering the home of the Blazers, not the home of Alexander Shannara. <laughs> or Alabama A and M, right? I'm looking around. I work at the hospital. I was, I was looking out the window on the seventh floor, and it's a big old, just a big old billboard right there of freaking Alexander Shannara, like he runs the city. And I'm just like, what? Like, and it just pissed me off somewhat. Not, not because I mean Alexander Shannara is getting his bag, but as far as UAB, I'm like, we don't. There's no feel there now i love what the marketing department has has done with this whole the office thing theme that they're running and and we have so many different creative marketing schemes that we're doing social media and our videos are top notch like 
Uh, If it was an AP poll top 25 uh, for hype videos, I think we'll be like in the top 10. Uh, But as far as just building blocks, and and I'm not going to take the point that Jimmy made beforehand. He was talking about the different moments and, and a lot of our misses that we missed out on on the field and on the court wise. So I really want him to dive into that because he was making some great points. But everything around it, it's like another thing that bothers me is the stigma that the freaking Alabama Auburn stigma. Oh my God! And it, and it goes back to recruiting. So I think that's why we we're, we're killing it in Georgia. Yeah. Because because I don't in recruiting wise, I, because I don't think there's no preconceived notions toward UAB in Georgia. They like they just in in South Florida. They they just come over here and they take a visit and they look and they like they like the staff. They love the facilities. They love the stadium. They love the city. But one school I was thinking about when it comes to recruiting in particular is Hoover High School. We don't we can't buy a player from Hoover unless they want to transfer back. From from going to whatever school, and I and to me, I think it's just a stigma. Now we have pipelines set up, like we're good with Thompson, we're good with Hewitt Trustville, a couple of schools, but it's too many schools to where a freaking Indiana or Kentucky or Purdue or something, you know, FAU can come in and and they always poaching guys, poaching guys from us that we're actually really recruiting, and I think it's because. A lot of times you can go anywhere. It's either Roll Tide, most most and for most and foremost, or War Eagle, and they don't leave room for anything else. And it kind of is like a little infection here in Alabama. I know ever since I've been up here, when I came from Mississippi, that always upset me. Like God dang, can y'all let it go? We get it. See, but did you have that in Mississippi, Dan, with like Mississippi? No, Mississippi State? Okay. no, you did not. No, you did not. So you know you, you had Mississippi State. Pe- you people made room for Southern Miss. I can say that much, because I w- I was in Southwest um, Mississippi, and people made room for like LSU. It was room for other schools to come in that people were loyal to. It wasn't just like, oh, hotty toddy or go Bulldogs all day. I mean, it was a lot of that, but it was more. It was room for other schools, and I I love that they made that room from Southern Miss. I, they don't talk about Troy or South Alabama. You know, it's all road tide. And then whatever is left over from that is War Eagle. So if you look at Alabama recruiting every year, all the top guys, the top of the top guys are going to go to Alabama. Then right under that is going to be a whole bunch of Auburn guys. And then it's like, all right, the rest of you, you know, rest of you schools, y'all can have y'all share. Then it's like other P5 schools. NC State or something. I'm like, what? Well, that don't even make sense. Yeah. You know, that no, no. So I can keep going on and on about that. But if we can kind of filter in and get rid of that stigma, and I think we've been doing a good job, but I do think we need to get our marketing licensing, whatever's going on, we need to get that gold, that green and gold circulating throughout the city more and more to put it in their faces. But uh, I wanted Jimmy to talk about his points of the moments that we missed out on. I think that was such a key thing. Hey, before I hop into that, I really like Darian's point about just the perception that people in the state of Alabama have about UAB or quite frankly, any other school. They're going to look down at every other SEC school 
if it ain't Alabama or Auburn, they're going to look at them a certain kind of way. But I can vividly recall being in high school, you know, to whatever that was. I graduated in 2010 at Hewitt Trustful. And I could almost guarantee I was the only UAB fan in school. Like everybody else was an Alabama or Auburn fan. And it was like, I was the one dude wearing a UAB t-shirt. That's not to shout out Jimmy. That's just to say like, everybody's an Alabama or Auburn fan. Like I remember like, am I, you know, am I uncool, you know, for wanting to go for UAB? Now, granted, there were many people that went to Hewitt Trustful that uh, then went to school at UAB, became fans, you know, engaged in student life, you know, alumni who are now actively involved, boosters, all that great stuff. That's awesome. Uh, but it's almost like, how do you uh, continue to build like that? And how do you change that perception, you know, Darren, with the with the younger crowds? It's something that, you know, uh, people are going to have to continue to think about. And speaking of Hewitt, by the way, just wanted to give a shout out in terms of developing pipelines. Uh, y'all remember Shaq Jones played uh, defensive end at UAB? Oh, yeah, that's my name? boy. Yeah. yeah, he just got hired as defensive ends coach at Hewitt Trustful. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Shout out to him. But anyway, it's kind of going back to the topic here for me. You know, you think about how can UAB become great? Uh, You know, obviously sustained winning is going to be crucial. And really, since the return, we have had sustained winning. You know, we have garnered a lot of respect uh, regionally, uh, you know, just for the fact that we've won games, we've won conference championships. That's been a big deal. All right. So it's not to say that we're not great. Great can be subjective. But, uh, you know, for this conversation, what stood out to me is, you know, the lack of that moment in the regular season. I asked the guys before the pot. I said, what what was our last moment, you know, for UAB football and BYU was thrown out there, which I agree. That was a moment that was on national television, you know, and not not the poo poo in that game and all, but it was a bowl game. Okay, so it wasn't the same magnitude of a week three matchup you know, on the road against a power five opponent in front of 60, 70, 80,000 people. It was a huge win for our program. Uh, but when you think about moments, you think about Alabama A&M, the return, you think about that moment, right? And then after that, what was the next moment? Well, you had the division championship, you had the conference championship. There, there have been moments, but there have also been some moments in which we didn't necessarily take advantage of. So as an example, we talked about those uh, week two matchups that we've had since the return for a program like UAB that's trying to capture momentum early in seasons to gain the attention of people that are going to put eyeballs on historically on BN TV or Facebook Live where we were playing. But for people that would actually show up to the game, you know, you there's a difference of starting one and one versus two and oh, you're undefeated. You kind of keep that momentum. You come home, you play game three, you're three and oh. You know, every year it seems like we took a little bit of a step back in that first road game. And believe me, I was there. I went to Myrtle Beach. I went to Muncie, Indiana. Like I was at these games and we had opportunities and we didn't win. That's okay. You're not going to win every game, but there was those moments. We had the gigantic buildup to the Liberty game, the opening game in Protective Stadium. I'm sure we were all there. And Mm -hmm. that game did not turn out pretty. The storm came through right before the game. Uh, and then the game started not so great. Uh, they called back the touchdown of Darian's guy, you know, and then everything just kind of flipped and that moment came and passed. And that was the moment where you get the, not just the, you know, the, the loyal fans there, it was the casual fan that showed up, right. And that was a blowout. 
Um, so, you know, there were some moments where we didn't capture that momentum and, and that's OK. You know, we're going to continue to try to progress as a program. But for me, I was thinking about that moment. You see schools like uh, Troy, you know, another team here uh, in Alabama. They went in the road. They beat LSU in 17. They went in the road and beat Nebraska in 18. You have a team like Georgia State uh, who won at Tennessee in 2019, the same year in which we lost 30 to 7. Jacksonville State's gone on the road and beat Florida State. Marshall, Georgia Southern, MTSU all had, quote unquote, power five upsets last year. And those were big moments. And we've had a few shots at whether it was Miami during the 2020 season, you know, that I think we ended up losing by 17. But that was a moment. Miami wasn't a top 25 team. We've had other games against Georgia where it's like, you know, nobody expected us to go in uh, and win realistically. But there's just been these moments. And I think it's really crucial for uh, a team like UAB to start to change that perception it's like for us to have that moment is it a five and zero start to begin the season is it a power five road win against a team you know that's got 60 70 80 000 fans on national television is it an appearance in the newly refined aac you know championship game we talked about this guys is uh you know a moment that we didn't have a chance to do is we never got a chance to host a conference usa championship now, we won Conference USA Championships on the road, and that was sweet, right? But can y'all imagine what that would have been like? No competition from the Alabama and the Auburn on Saturday or even even these top matchups that are on Saturday to have had a Friday night game at Protective Stadium in which we were on CBS Sports and we were hosting a conference championship game, and we got dang close. We're not going to talk <laughs> about the game. <laughs> we yeah. got dang close. And one more thing I'll say on that note, is uh, as an example, we talked about uh, before we started the pod, the basketball team, uh, the year in which we won the, the uh, Conference USA Championship at BJCC. The team was not great that year. I think we had 15 regular season wins. And then we hosted and we had to win, I believe, four games in four days. And the momentum, the moment you went from, hey, we're not very good. We're playing a game on you know, whatever it was, Wednesday or Thursday night, and then you get a tough matchup against La Tech. And then you turn around Saturday, and there was like 10,000 people in the BJCC. The whole Birmingham community felt like they showed up for a conference championship against MTSU, and that was a defining moment. I'll never forget it. And so it's like there's, again, there's been so many moments, so many good moments. I'm excited about the opportunities that we're going to have in this new American Athletic Conference. Um, so that was just on my mind, sustained winning. and to really have more moments. Yeah, Jimmy, I, I love what you said with the week two. Um, and, and for folks that don't realize it, since the return, UAB is one in five in week two games. Isn't that crazy? One in five, and the lone win was against Akron. And, I mean, that was kind of tight towards, <laughs> towards the end uh, in 2019. Um, but, hey, great opportunity this year. You know, you got to go to states, bro, to take on a formidable Sun Belt opponent with georgia southern in statesboro it's going to be tough but hey that's that's how you build a program you you take that next step start winning those ball games you start winning some of those money games now guys i i don't think uh, you know athens georgia this year is going to be tough um but <laughs> uh we'll you know we'll see um but listeners hey let us know now you know we we really value your input um here on the blazer victory podcast what how, how does UAB football take the next step? How, how does UAB athletics as a whole 
take that next step. And we want to hear from you. And I will say, too, that being in the new conference in the American, we're going to have a lot more opportunities, uh, games on national television, on linear television. And, Jimmy, you know, you bring back or bring up the 2018 West Division uh, clinching against Southern Miss. That was televised on BN Sports. I was at that game. It was cold. Mm-hmm. But my the TV reason- got stolen that game. Oh, that's right. You told me that. <laughs> I got I got robbed. But 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 I bring that up to say it's that game was televised on BN Sports. And you know, I nerd out, I record every single game that comes on. They actually had technical difficulties for the whole second half of in overtime for that ball game on BN Sports. So you can't even see Spencer Brown running in overtime to clinch the West other than the camera guy or girl in the end zone recording it. So, you know, I mean, Conference USA, it was a Bush League media deal. They knew it. I mean, that's why we got out. You know, we, we're going to with AAC now, who we can be on ESPNU, ESPN2. You know, I, I know we've got a couple ESPN Plus games to start, but that's okay. I'll still take ESPN Plus over BN Sports or Facebook Live. You know, but but Darian, so what were you going to say? So many people have ESPN Plus, John. Like whether you're in the UFC, boxing, uh, soccer, like there's just so many more people that have ESPN Plus. So it it's the production you were talking about earlier, John. Like the production value of the ESPN Plus broadcast, it's nothing to shrug your shoulders at. That's going to be a if the worst that we're doing is on ESPN Plus, and then the top end we can potentially at some point in time we make a conference championship game we're at 3 p.m slot on a saturday on abc yes. you know and you throw in a few espn u espn two to your point espn like that that's huge very much man and i was just listening to y'all and i was just thinking about first of all i was just getting angry about all those missed moments <laughs> all yeah. those missed moments we had and, I, and then and jimmy's television too yeah, <laughs> jimmy's yeah. Television. <laughs> that's right <laughs> if you have Jimmy's television, please bring it back. Hey, please do. And I appreciate yeah. you not taking my my cooler, my UAB cooler, but <laughs> let me have my TV back. I don't have they, a good tailgate TV. They they left the cooler but took the TV. What? Hey, I'm going to say this. They took all the drinks out of it, though. <laughs> they did. Oh, wow. Wow, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. But, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about all of these missed moments, right? And it's just, it burns me up. Because those are moments that we needed to just seize. We needed to seize that. And uh, especially that when Liberty was here. Oh, we was looking. <laughs> we, we, we are going. So listen, y'all, this was supposed to be like 20 minutes. And here we are. Like 47 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 47 minutes in. But um, join the Patreon. Yeah, join the Patreon, man. But I'll make this quick. I wonder if Trent is the guy for the job. And I think that he may be because when I listen to him, he sounds like a guy, like a ceiling raiser. I think Bill was the ultimate floor establisher, right? I don't I don't really think Bill really cared for the games against Georgia, you know, or the you know, the time that we could probably display something on national TV. Um, I don't think that was really something that was really on his mind like that. I think he wanted to win Conference USA. You know, Bill was going to do everything to win Conference USA and just to be healthy enough, just to remain healthy in those games. 
And I think Bill was Coach Clark was the guy that we needed to establish this program and get us on firm footing. Without him, I don't think we it's no thinking we wouldn't be in this position to 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 have Trent raise. I think Trent, he's a media guy. He gets it. Trent wants to win those games. I think Trent wants to he wants to be competitive against Georgia. He wants to. I want. I don't. I didn't want to go out there and just. I don't want to go out there and just get blew out. I know it's Georgia number one. I want to. I want us to showcase something. You know. I want us to try to win the game. Go out there to win the game. I don't care what nobody say. Go out there to win the game. I don't right. care if we're doubting you. You know. Um, and I think Trent is the type of guy that's really gonna go after those moments. And those moments are what we need. You know. Um, and secondly. I think he's doing it right because I used to be, and this is another conversation too. I want to hear back from the fans that we used to. I feel like I feel I feel as if we, we was trying to recruit locally so hard, so hard, and we were getting rejected so much. I kind of love the way the staff is doing it. If they don't, it takes two to tango, right? Like no matter how hard we recruit in the area, they have to somewhat want to come here, but they're just going outside of it. Like forget it. We'll recruit the guys that want to come here. If it's Anchorage, Alaska, then Anchorage, Alaska pipeline is is here. But it's been Georgia, and it's been Florida, and it's been it's been a lot outside of Alabama a lot. And I am cool with that because guess what? We're bringing in some top notch talent. They're gonna come in and they're gonna win games, a lot of games. They're gonna help us seize those moments. Guess who's sitting there watching those moments? Those local guys. That guy didn't went to Purdue or Vanderbilt. You know, those type of guys, they're going to be watching those moments like, hmm, I should have went to UAB. And that stigma starts to change because now, you know, we're in the AAC. We're on ESPN, too. We're getting some games on ESPN, ESPNU. It's not BN or Facebook. People can actually see us. So I think those guys will be looking and paying attention. And if we, we can seize those moments with, you know, I feel like we have the right coach. I think it all works together. And um, hopefully this formula, hopefully we can win a title soon and we can get in some four and five star recruits and we can just go to another level. But I, I really want to hear back from the fans and uh, I want to know what they think about this. Definitely. Listeners, please let us know, um, you know, whether that's on the website, blazervictory.com, comment um, or on Twitter. Let us know um what, what your thoughts are but but i agree with darian you know i think trent can take uab to the next level um we'll we'll see in a few weeks when the when the ball starts you know getting kicked off and played um how they do but definitely like what i'm seeing with this staff so far especially in recruiting too um guys again if you're not subscribed to the blazer victory podcast patreon patreon.com slash blazer pod we are at 70 help us get to 100 patreon members and again, you can join annually and save 10% off, basically getting a free month of the Patreon podcast. So again, go there and help support Blazer Victory. Guys, I know we're running late, uh, 52 minutes, but last thing and then we'll wrap. What are your thoughts on the Zers shirts that they wore at Media Days? Darian? I want to hear your thoughts first. <laughs> no, nah, don't don't start <laughs> off with that. <laughs> Jimmy, okay, Jimmy. Damn okay, it, okay. don't don't do yes, that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, Natalie liked it. Hey, Natalie. Hey, liked it. I was. Yes, we sir. were in our group. <laughs> <laughs> we were, 
Oh my god. We're in our group thread and uh I don't even know where it started. I think John probably sent us a photo of it or whatever. But my first thought for real, like I'm I'm gonna use the I'm gonna put my Trent glasses on. I was like, okay, like I, I'm gonna look at that optimistically, like yeah, and then oh uh Nelly's like god. Nelly's like, I'd wear one. And then uh Darian uh cue your response. What did you have to say? Yes. <laughs> that is, so lame, bro. <laughs> You just a hater, man. You just no, a hater. I'm not. That's what you y'all know, y'all know that's corny. Y'all know that's corny. I'm not even the guy that calls stuff corny. I don't like that. I don't like that stigma because people use it to bully people and call people lame that are just different. But that that's like it's like a corny dad, you know, trying to try something new. Like, hey, the kids will like this one. We're gonna. <laughs> We're we're Zers. I'm like, what what is a Zer? Like <laughs> hey, oh the Zers <laughs> come in and they be like, I'm like, no, that that is there's nothing cool about a Zer. I don't know what a Zer is. We're <laughs> I, just stop it, man. man, hey, man. Everybody get everybody get what Darren, you are you a two X, one X? What are you, bro? <laughs> don't give me a Zer shirt. Get him I'm a Zer shirt. Give me a Zer shirt. I'll rock hey. the hell out of it. I'm gonna hey. use it to clean my bathroom. That's what I'm. Y'all, y'all wanna, y'all wanna do a sponsor? We'll do a sponsorship of Zers shirt. We'll do a little Blazer Victory Zers. We'll, we'll get it going, John. You can make that happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we get it going. Uh, but, oh, look hey, at those bad Zers walking in the bar. Oh, the Zers. Uh, <laughs> you just a hater, man. That's what it is. You and Elizabeth. Elizabeth didn't like them either. She thought they were lame too. But yes, sir, Elizabeth. Yes, sir. <laughs> Darren, Darren, go ahead and send us out before we get in trouble. I don't even know what to send us. Do we say, do we, is it Zer based? Laser Nation, just Zer. <laughs>